spread that knowledge, but also be better at relaying it as well. Yeah, so uh, we'll start there. Tara's just explained <laughs> to me how um, she's looking forward to using this podcast a chance to develop her communication skills when it comes to sharing her knowledge, um, which I think is a really good good goal for her and something for her to work on. Why, why would you like to do that, Tara? So I find myself usually, you know, finding out all this information. I'm really excited about it. But when I'm trying to explain it to somebody else, maybe it's just one of you guys or a member, I find that I'm struggling to relay that information. And it's such a shame because it is sometimes so exciting, so useful, but I c because I can't get it across to somebody else very clearly, it's sort of a waste. So it's only myself that can use it when I want everybody else to be able to use it as well. Yeah, I'm exactly the same. Like often I'll listen to something and be so excited about sharing that and being like, wow, <laughs> that makes so much sense. But then when you try and explain that, in no simple sense. terms, <laughs> oh, it's, it's so difficult and, and you end up kind of getting lost. And they say that like uh, true, being able to teach is showing true understanding of subject, yes. doesn't it? Absolutely. Um, we'll make a little apology to start off with. We, are, uh, we have got Bernard and Toto in the podcast with us today. So if you hear any like growling or barking or noises, yeah, uh, <laughs> any noises being made from the dogs, we do apologise. Um, but... It wouldn't be Shark West Yorkshire podcast without dogs Absolutely in the mix in not. some way, shape or form, would it? <laughs> so uh, today's podcast, guys, is um, is called The Squat is a Journey. And this podcast was born from a conversation I had with one of our members on the gym floor um, who I tried to change something a little bit in her squat. And she said, oh, God, I've, I've you know, I've always been taught to do something different. So... The exact context was um, that I believe she could provide, be give herself better depth. Um, but she said, you know, I've, I've, I've been trying hard not to, you know, bottom out and go all the way to the bottom because I've been always trying to um, stay active in the bottom, which is correct. You know, she should be trying to stay active. She's not, you know, you don't want to hit that passive bottom position. Um, but I felt like her mobility had changed and she now had a more a deeper active bottom position actually and so I was trying to push her towards a greater depth in her squat um, as a coach and so yeah she was a little bit confused she was like what well I've just been working on this you know active bottom position and now I'm having to change it and and, and go deeper um, and I thought this podcast would help people realize um, that the squat and you can replace that with any movement it could be a press deadlift snatch whatever uh, the squat is a journey and is not a uh, destination. You don't just like arrive at a perfect squat. You don't work really hard for two years and get a good squat and then that's you. Uh, and you keep the same squat pattern from then on. Like your squat will be continually changing based on your strength, your mobility, what the workout requires of you, um, whether you've got an injury maybe at the time. Um, Loads, loads of factors uh, will change your squat and, and the squat will become a journey that's constantly moving and morphing. And we've, the, um, we've got two really good contrasting athletes here to go through this. We've got Tara, who uh, everyone would kind of say has a really like awesome squat. Would you agree, Tara? Yes, I would agree. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> so humble. Um <laughs> Tara, who's got like probably walked in on day one with like a really decent squat, I'd say. Yeah. Yeah. Did, yeah. Uh, and then me, 
who did it? <laughs> <laughs> who uh, could barely... Do you know what? I probably couldn't even go below parallel when I first walked in um, to a CrossFit gym in Newcastle with Jordan Wallace. Uh, and Jordan probably had his workout when he saw me. I was one of those guys, you know, tight hips, tight ankles, tight knees. Could barely reach parallel and that would be sitting right back. And I, 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 I really struggled to get anywhere near depth, um, especially not actively anyway. I'd, I'd come up on the toes if I had to go anywhere near depth. So yeah, um, you've got two contrasting styles here and you, you'll you see here from both of our stories that it wasn't that Tara was good at squatting and so, you know, found her pattern and then kept it throughout and it wasn't that I was bad and therefore had to keep changing. Um, you know, you'll see both of us have had to change and morph along the way. So moving on to Tara then. Um, Tara, if you'd like to start with like, you know, when you walked, what what was what, what's your first exposure to squatting? What was the environment like, you know, and, and what, was, what did your squat pattern look like? So this is probably going to show my age now. So when I very first started squatting, it was back in the day where knees shouldn't come over the toes, and I'd sit back and almost like oh really oh, yeah knees <laughs> yeah. not allowed over the toes yeah. oh my so god so it was like a wall sit basically yeah. and you know you was in parallel it was bad for you to go ass to grass basically yeah. but that yeah. wasn't for very long and then when I started to find weightlifting and like CrossFit especially. It was all about getting that full depth, and that's when I got introduced to knees coming over the toes, and that just unlocked a lot of potential for me because I'm very lucky, and like Max, I have very good ankle range, good hamstring flexibility as well, which did allow me to get into a bottom active range, which was fantastic. And because I had naturally strong legs, I found that I progressed in the squat quite quickly. Um, my problem is a little bit different to Max's. It was staying injury-free and out of pain zones, whereas I found that I was constantly getting injured from the squat. And even though you'd look at me and think, oh, wow, she squats really good, she's really strong, it was actually yeah. causing me a lot of problems. Yeah. Yeah, and and so, yeah, there's like there's some really good bits there. Like, I have a little story from me in my past is uh, I was – once squatting i'd been doing crossfit for a little bit so i, I knew i needed to kind of yeah. try and train full range of motion i was once squatting at a bodybuilding gym and this geezer came up to me and he's like mate mate don't, you don't want to go past parallel because <laughs> the quads will just switch switch off uh, yeah, yeah, <laughs> uh what a load of shit that was <laughs> so it's like yeah the quads will just switch off man and you just want you want to keep the, the tension on them so yeah that whole like 90 degree squat was like how I was oh brought God. into it as well yeah. with the old bodybuilding stuff and then CrossFit kind of showed me that actually full range of motion is what we should be chasing yes. um, and it's yeah it's really interesting how you say like your issue was trying to stay injury free because yeah. for me I'd, I've never had any real major issues when it comes to squatting probably because I was so tight so <laughs> tense couldn't really get into any dangerous positions whereas you had full access straight away yeah. so it was about managing load and technique and things quite quite early for you yeah Definitely. um what like so talk about those injuries then what were the main what were the main injuries that you had and, and what did you do to kind of fix that so um i had it was a hip and knee and alternating between the two and it got to the point where it was constant and i went to a physio and it was a classic oh wow so you're really quad dominant, quad dominant so yeah yeah you need to strengthen your glutes and hamstrings and basically do banded sidewalks every day yeah do squats with a band around your knees make sure your glutes are super super strong and i did do all that and when i started squatting again my knee pain was still there and my hip came back just as fast 
Yeah. Even though I'd spent a year and a half not squatting and strengthening my hamstrings and my glutes and doing miles and miles of banded sidewalks. Yeah. And then it's not until like you introduced me to the idea of the internal and external torque chains and when I was squatting before, it was knees out, knees out, knees out. As soon as I'd struggle standing up, it was like <coughs> knees out, knees out. And yeah. actually that was doing me a disservice. And when I actually checked the strength difference between my internal and external torque chain in the hip, I couldn't believe how weak I was internally. And it's not until I strengthened that where my hip pain completely went and mm. then my knee pain completely went. So I was going the complete opposite direction. Physios, after physios were telling me external, external, external. A matter of fact, actually, I was training the complete wrong talk chain. Yeah. Yeah, so contrast that to my journey then, guys. So I needed all of the external stuff. When we say external, we're talking about essentially glute med, allowing you to drive your knees out, and then the c correct hip mobility, so like hamstring, well, inner head of the hamstring, and, and uh, so essentially long inner hamstring to stop your pelvis from tucking underneath. I, I, I needed all of that external work to, in order to get me into a bottom position because I was so tight. I was almost the opposite of Tara. I'd done so much internal because I'd done long distance running, which is uh, internal torque chain. I just ran myself to death. I had no ET, so I, I couldn't get into a bottom position. Um, my depth was very limited, and actually it was probably dangerous for me to go into full depth because I didn't have any tension there um, when I did hit full depth. So for me, the banded monster walks and the, you know, the clamshells, uh, what else do you do for glutes, all that, uh, fire hydrants, yeah. all those crazy things, right? I needed them in order to get me to a bottom position that was actually, if, if you look at CrossFit, like that was th th termed an acceptable depth, yeah? So to break parallel. If I hadn't done all of that work, I would still be struggling to hit, hit below depth now, uh, sorry, below parallel now. Um, so yeah, our, our, my journey was very different to Tara's in that sense, um, where Tara, almost immediately had full access to that you know so didn't really need the glute med the glute yeah. exercises to get you there um and and interestingly like when when you contrast that like i had enough tension there to stop me to, to stop me from getting injured yes. to stop me from yeah. to make me safe where whereas you potentially didn't no and because i was so naturally strong in my lower body yeah i could push those weights pretty quickly and maybe even too quick for what i was ready for i don't know yeah um but in terms of the injury side of things it was just reoccurring 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 and it was people look at me and think i had the perfect squat when it was actually what i was thinking about yeah when i was moving it's actually inhibiting me so using ET on my way down, IT on my way up, things like that, which I've never really thought about before. I was just constantly ET, ET, ET. Yeah. Yeah, and and it's, it's, so how long did it take you? Let's just give a bit of time frame to that. So how long, so how long would you say you sort of squatted just ET only? Oh, so a, a good couple, like two, three years. Yeah, and you got quite good at squatting like that, yeah, didn't you? I yeah, I mean, I got my English uh, yeah. squat record. <laughs> <laughs> I got that in there, yes. Yeah. Um, yeah. So I know, I managed to get pretty strong. It, like, that's yeah. My problem was, was just, I couldn't keep, I couldn't stay injury free. I yep. couldn't get out of pain. And obviously that then crossed over to everything else. 
So that was my, my biggest goal coming back was, can I just squat pain-free? I wasn't yeah. even bothered about how much I could squat because I knew that would come yeah. as long as I could stay pain-free. Yeah, and this, this kind of shows another thing in the journey, guys. Like, there'll be times where Tara's technique was, you know, not 100%, yet she was lifting incredible weights. Yeah. And then there will be other times where her technique was better and yet she was lifting less weight, but that was just because of the way she'd trained, yeah. not because of actually her technique being any better or any worse. Um, and I think that's quite important to note. Like a lot of times in athletic pursuits, you're going to have to take five steps back to in order be to be able to take 10 steps forward. Absolutely. Um, yeah, so so for me then, I so my journey is I did... Uh, you know, the same as Tara, three years of <laughs> monster walks and bloody <laughs> fire hydrants and glute me, glute me, glute me. And do you know what? It actually worked for me. It allowed me to get into yeah. a bottom position and it made my glutes strong enough to, you know, get my hips in the right place so that I could actually compete in the sport of CrossFit with a squat that was deemed acceptable. Um, and then I very, very quickly reached the seat. Well, when I say very quickly, it's probably about three probably about four or five years actually I reached a ceiling on that style of squat you know with the knees out the whole time and even on the way up concentrically keeping my knees pressed out um what I found was I was following squat programs um you know with linear progression and completing all of the tick boxes along the way and then I'd get to the test the one RM test and I wouldn't I would either not PB or I would uh you know add like 1.25 kilos or something like that for and this is for like a 12 week cycle it's pretty demoralizing yeah, yeah. <laughs> um and basically basically what i had done is i'd reached the ceiling of my squat in that pattern yes so you know that whole knees out pattern especially concentrically all all it, it all it forces me to do is lift the weight with my lower back essentially because by driving my knees out over my as far as i can on the way up in the squat stops me from using my main drivers which are my quads and my hamstrings and my glutes and it just a lot just forces me to use my lower back so i'd find that i had this really high sticking point i'd be able to hit the bottom i'd be able to push back up again and then just above parallel i'd well, quite a bit above parallel actually i'd hit the sticking point and i'd fail the repetition um and you know it was quite frustrating for me and I <coughs> excuse me I, I had to properly like reassess like what was what was going wrong here you know, because I was following all the patterns, I was ticking all the boxes, I was getting the sleep, I was getting the nutrition, you know, and and I know that training doesn't happen in a vacuum, but at the same time, I was like, I'm I'm doing everything right here, I should be, and it was frustrating, because Jack the bloody <laughs> Superman was, uh, you know, was PBing 25 kilos or yeah. whatever, and, and there's me scrapping away for one kilo gain. Um, so yeah, I had to really assess, and then... Uh, Thanks to Andrew Brown, who's the owner of uh, Wellingborough Charfit Gym, um, got me in touch with a guy called Angus Brandley, who is a um, biomechanics genius essentially. And and Angus, um, I booked in a, with a mentor. I booked in on a mentoring scheme. Uh, sorry, me- mentoring session with him, and he said straight away, "Look, like you are just not using any of the muscles that you want to use to stand that that bar up, like." Yeah you are using the tiny little muscles, your glute med and your lower back muscles, your, your spinal erector. You need to get those, you know, adductors, hammies and those quads working for you. Um, and he's talked to me about how, 
you know, he actually laughed. He said to me, how much adductor training do you do? <laughs> and I was like, Oops. never. Literally, I'd never. Had you? Uh, only since now <laughs> <laughs> i had literally never trained my adductors which sounds ridiculous doesn't it you know i'm i'm a fitness professional i'd say um and i'm so interested in fitness and i've been in the game long enough now and i literally had never ever ever trained my adductors yeah. and i, I thought I did a copenhagen plank like twice yeah no. yeah <laughs> it's like not at like 20 percent effort yeah <laughs> yeah i didn't like it and so he was like mate you've got to start smashing those adductors so that you can start using them to keep your knees over your toes to pull pull them from outside in and then allow your hammies and glutes to get get in the party right and you know since then i can't even explain how much better my squat feels it just feels like i'm doing it right yeah and it's such an empowering feeling to be like ah oh, um you know, it feels how it should feel. Yeah. Uh, whereas before, I felt like I was just fighting against nothing. Same. Um, Especially with the knees out, standing up. It, it, I just went to it, but I didn't feel better. And not until yeah. I allowed my knees to come forward. Yeah. And let it do its thing. Yeah. And actually, I felt a lot stronger. And, and like, yeah, this isn't a podcast to wage war on knees out, oh by no. the way. Um, oh yes. But just for me, that's just me yeah, personally. Yeah. yeah, but what the point of this podcast was was to demonstrate the journey. So so that little piece there, I did about eight weeks worth of adductors and changed my style a little bit. And in that eight-week period, I PB'd 7.5 kilos, which isn't a huge amount, but only in a short period of time with my training age. Bearing in mind I was pretty stagnated before is huge for me. Um, and And the point of bringing this all up talking about Tara's journey and my journey is just to show you how things change I was seven years into CrossFit and and squatting um barbell training in general Olympic lifting I was seven years in and I was still changing things yeah like you never really get and I still I don't think I've reached I don't I'm not saying right now I've reached the perfect squat you probably feel the same don't you yeah I think it's you're just raising the ceiling you can get so far <laughs> with xyz and then when you've done that and you've reached that ceiling then you raise it higher. exactly you yeah and and like yeah that that just shows that if it's seven years in i'm still making a change that moved me in the right direction i feel like some you know our members can benefit from realizing that two years in they're not gonna have created this perfect squat and then yeah. everything's fine you know like it's I think sometimes when we've approached a member and we've suggested something and they'll say, oh, well, someone's told me this in the past and it's yeah. getting them to understand we're changing, we're evolving all the time and things are changing and their bodies are changing as well and it's okay to to change yeah. as you go. Yeah, yeah and, and then I suppose, like, let's... We wanted to keep these podcasts short and sweet, but let's finish off with, like, um, an example of, like, changing negatively and just learning from that oh so yeah, absolutely. like one of the things that i um one of the things that i applied from zach tellender who's a weightlifting coach on youtube to my squat was keeping my weight in my toes when i come out of the rack um which it, zach was what zach was trying to do was stop the classic heels cue you know that everybody gets put the weight in the heels put the weight in the heels yeah. Where we know it should be the you know the midfoot and the whole flat foot on the floor, he was trying to stop people from doing that weight in the heel sink. So his cue was as you come out the rack, put the weight in your toes, be forward, which is really useful for someone who, for five years, has put the weight in their heels because they've been coached that way for a, for a, uh, you know, b by whoever whatever coach they've had. Um, 
but for me that work cue really didn't work you know and i did the full cycle on 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 that and it it didn't work at all it actually tipped me forward and a lot of times i actually had to bail my squats forward which is crazy you know i'd have not heavyweights you know 160 170 kilos on my back and i'll be chucking over my head <laughs> which is stupid you know when i failed the squat and not which is not how you should fail a squat by the way you should you know <laughs> go back to the bottom and then ditch it out the back um but what i what i um was trying to apply was his learning and that was a good thing for me even though i didn't make any progress and actually made my squat worse then yeah. i now know when i come out the rack the weight needs to be on my heels because my I, i've got tight ankles so you know this is more learning from angus bradley but i need my weight to be my center of mass to be back so that when i hit the bottom i'm in the middle yes um and yeah. i whereas if i'm forward my center of mass is forward when i hit the bottom i'm way past forward <laughs> yeah so that bar's coming forward yeah so you know that was an example where i'd picked something up seen it applied it didn't work and and that might be the way with you and your coaches now at try fit the coach might say to you try try doing this thing where you squat i don't want you weight in your heels anymore i want you to put your weight in your toes and it might you you know it might not work but you've learned from that that's the whole point is like you know you've tried it didn't work okay cool we'll go back and we'll change something else like have you got an example of where you tried something and it didn't quite work out yeah so um mine was changing the position of the bar on my back um i everyone just was like oh go low bar go yeah oh yeah and it would make you stronger and um obviously you do anything to get stronger don't you yeah and you know it didn't work like i said it's not a bad cue it's not a bad idea but it just didn't work for me i couldn't get in a good position where in fact i could keep quite upright with a high bar squat mm. um and it felt really uncomfortable and actually was really uncomfortable for my shoulders to be in that low bar position and you know like i tried it but now i know that doesn't work for you. yeah exactly yeah. so it's, it's always learning and it's good because it makes you better at coaching because you understand these different different methods in different ways so when you're dealing with members you can relate to them more because you've tried the yeah. various methods for anyone who's seen tara squat now she's got this like suicide <laughs> grip uh <laughs> elbows directly under the bar doesn't hook her thumbs around at all no. it's insane but yeah <laughs> where did you pick that up so actually that was because of my wrist injury oh okay yeah, right there so you go it, it used to hurt my wrist right a yeah bit, and so i've i've got in the habit of suiciding everything love yeah. it it's cool it's <laughs> badass <laughs> yeah it is yeah yeah, and like that's a really good example because like generally people will lift more weight in the low bar. Yeah. That's why the powerlifters do it. Um, but for Tara, I'd I'd say that was probably a bad a bad idea just because you're so upright anyway. Yeah. You want to be upright, so if you're low barring, the weight's going to be way further back than your base yeah. of support, um, which is probably why it didn't work out for you. But like you say, you tried it, realized it didn't really work, and then and then learned something from that, and now you know where where you need to put the bar. Um, so yeah that's like two examples from both of us of like it doesn't always have to work out like we're just trying things and learning from it and and if we try something and it doesn't work then that's still a positive because we just know we can cross that one off the list yeah exactly and there's no such thing as a fail like something might not work but you, you learn from it so if you're learning from it then it's a win yeah there's no such thing as a fail yeah and and we've focused on the squat in this episode guys um but you know, you can replace squat in this conversation with any of the movements, yeah. you know, deadlift, um, clean, press, whatever. Snatch. Like, really, the snatch, yeah. And actually, the complexity as it goes up of the movement, let's say contrast, for example, 
you know, uh, let's say a press up with a snatch. The complexity is massively different yeah. between the two. And so you're going to change your technique in the snatch a lot more. In order to master the snatch, you know, you're looking at 10 years, 15 years of dedicated practice. Um, and along that way, you're going to be changing things left, right and center all over the place, aren't you? Whereas, you know, the press up, you might change things every now and then. Um, but both of them, they're going to change, yes. you know, yeah. all sorts of variables, depth, mobility, um, tension, active range, uh, injury, all sorts of things come into it. And, and that was what this podcast was all about, was just demonstrating that that you don't s- you don't just achieve a movement and then move on and be like oh yeah I'm, I'm g- I can squat now um you know you you are moving and and the, it's a real journey and a process instead of just like a goal, a, a destination yes. that you reach yeah okay right stay tuned it, like I said if if in the intro if you like this podcast um and if you want to hear more from me and Tara then make sure you like and subscribe we'll see you in a fortnight's time thanks guys